Jam Session is a podcast where two guys who grew up in Dallas-Fort Worth discuss sports, craft beer, life, and their experiences living in one of America's most vibrant cities. If you love sports, you're going to love this show. If you love craft beer or you're curious about it, you'll love this show. Great conversations with good friends is what Jam Session is all about. Welcome. It's nice to have you here. I hope you enjoy it. I think you will. You're listening to the Jam Session Podcast. I was told that I could listen to the radio at a reasonable volume. With Cowboys insider... What's your name? Jean-Jacques Taylor. That's my name. Radio personality and craft beer expert, Matt McLaren. He's a very strange young man. He's an idiot. Comes from upbringing. And now, the Jam Session Podcast. It is indeed Jam Session. Subscribe, rate, and review. Hang out with us for a while. Right here on the Jam Session Podcast. Sponsored, as always, by Hector Flores with Modern Modern, modern Woodmen of America, a fraternal financial organization that can help you plan for your family's future. You could reach Hector. Very easy to do. 940-453-3490. Also, of course, by the attorneys at Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights that legal battle so you have time for healing and renewal. But right now, that moment we've all been waiting for has arrived. Ladies and gentlemen, the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. What up, doc? I would be the non-sexy one. It's Matt McLaren, and this is Jam Session, the podcast, version 188, asking simply that you prepare to be dazzled. If not entertained. And you will be on this podcast. We got a lot to discuss. We will get into the Cowboys thought of the week that we have ESPN Cowboys insider Todd Archer will join us for his weekly chat, taking a look back and a a look forward to the season finale. Got a lot to get into. The college football national title game is on the way. Dirk is having his number retired. Troy Aikman apparently wants to drink. So we got all this stuff. We're going to get into a lot. But we have to start you with our guy, Hector Flores, because at some point you're going to realize that you're not saving money that you haven't planned for your future, and you're going to wonder what the hell you're supposed to do. And I will tell you simply this, you have got to call Hector. Hector Flores with Modern Woodman of America. He listens to the podcast. He's a local dude. You're going to have a great chat, and he will help you plan for you and your family's future. It's very easy to get a hold of him. That number, again, as I mentioned a moment ago, it's simple because he's local. So pick up the phone. What are you waiting for? 940 453-3490. Give Hector a call. Well, the reason why you need to give Hector a call is he excels in creating plans for you to make money. Or at least that's what I think. Because here's what you do. You tell him, Hector, this is what I'd like to do financially. And he puts together a plan for it. It doesn't matter, folks, if you want a conservative plan or an aggressive plan or some kind of moderate plan. It doesn't matter. All you do is say, Hector, here's what I'd like to do. He creates a plan. You follow it. And, hey, good things typically happen. Indeed, man. So make it happen. Uh, Again, he is going to help you, your future, your family. That's what it's all about. So check him out, all right? Hector Flores, Modern Woodman of America. Give him a call. Just give him a call. 940-453-3490. That's 940-453-3490. Hector Flores at Modern Woodman of America. It's the way to go. Also, our friends, the attorneys at Greening Law, of course, if you were hurt in a car accident, if you suffered malpractice, 
they take a variety of cases. And the reality of it is sometimes you don't know if you have a case. You just know something happened to you. All of a sudden, some insurance company is calling you being like, hey, why did you do this? When that starts to happen to you, you know something's off. Call the staff, the green team at Greening Law. Let them fight that legal battle for you so you can focus on getting better, getting your back right the way it was supposed to be, healing, renewal, <laughs> whatever it needs to be. Well, the, the, the thing is, man, it doesn't cost anything, not a dollar, not a nickel, not a penny, to make the phone call and tell them what your plight is. Here's my situation. What do you guys think? And then from there, man, it's just a matter of if they take you on as a client, and I love this, they don't get paid unless you get paid. That's the best thing. I mean, that's if, if somebody's telling you that, then maybe, yeah, you should give them a call if you think you've got a case. And you don't need to know. You don't have to, because as you just mentioned, the consultation's free. They'll go through the questions with you and say, well, okay, yeah, you got something. And if they do, they're going to work their ass off for you. 972-934-8900. It's 972-934-8900. Robert Greening, offices, Dallas, Texas. So it's weird because we recorded our, fi- our last podcast after the Cardinals game. We recorded it right after the game. We post it and we walk away and you guys listen to it Monday. And the whole time it was driving me insane because I kept telling you guys, all right, well, we'll get ready for the season finale on Sunday at noon. <laughs> and then the NFL is like, aha, not so fast. And so the Cowboys regular season finale, we now know, has been oddly flexed from Sunday at noon. They will play Saturday night in Philadelphia for their season finale. And it's funny because I saw some people online messing with this saying, well, now the Cowboys have to play their starters because you have no idea how this is going to play out and all that type of thing because they won't know the results of anything (laughs) until afterwards. I thought, I mean, I guess there is some truth to that. But it's going to be interesting. I I don't know if I like that it's on Saturday night or not, to be honest with you. Um, I think, um, well, let me ask you this. Well, why not? I, I I don't know. I, I just usually on Saturday night, I'm doing something else. But then I oh, thought, so, well. So it's about you. It ain't really about whether they're playing Saturday or Sunday. It's about. No. Yeah. I meant for my personal viewing purposes and the way that I like to approach it. But then I thought, well, maybe that's a good thing because maybe it'll free up Sunday for me for the most part. <laughs> no, I would think so, man. Uh, I, I, like, see, it doesn't matter to me if they play on Saturday, play on Sunday. It's, it's whatever. I'm going to be glued in on it. Uh, luckily, everybody seems to say that they're playing their starters, and they need to, man. They're, they're not in any position right now to be like, you know, let's rest everybody, get everybody healthy for the playoffs. And after that, uh, you know, what I would call a debacle in terms of yeah. restlessness and the excuses that they made afterwards, good players making excuses after that loss to Arizona. They need a game, and they need to play well, and they need to uh, – they don't need to make a statement to – not that they care about me and you, yeah. And they don't need to make a statement to the fans or anybody else. How about this, man? Why don't y'all go out there and make a statement to yourselves that you can be an elite football team? Yeah, and do it and then don't complain afterwards about the refereeing. Dude, that was so that was so weak. Man. Did you see what Micah Parsons said basically though? Bro, I thought of all, like everybody out there is complaining. Like Tank, he puts he took a screenshot of the missed fumble call and posted it on his Twitter basically and copied the NFL at it. And Micah Parsons, basically the rookie, the defensive rookie of the year that he's going to easily win, 
Micah Parsons is the only cowboy that I saw who basically said what we were saying the entire podcast saying, well, it's not that one play that matters. We had the entire fourth quarter and a variety of other things and the rest of the game. I, th- I, I just thought, my, you know, I like this guy even more now. Bro, he's the real deal, man. That's what it's all about, man. It's not just the stuff on the field that makes Micah Parsons special. Listen to just about everything he says off the field, and it'll tell you why he's a special kind of player, man. It'll tell you why he's a special kind of player. It was awesome to see because, and some of you, we're just going to have to agree to disagree. I, I cannot stand blaming, even in the Saints-Rams-NFC Championship game, when it was blatant pass interference, and yeah, they got the call wrong and the call needed to be made differently. Even in situations like that, I still sit there and go, well, if you hadn't done this or that earlier in the game, you wouldn't be in a situation where one little thing like that can matter that much. Well, you know, man, Rick Carlisle used to say this all the time, which is you don't lose the game because you missed a last second shot or somebody got a foul call at the end. You lost the game because of all the stuff that happened in quarters one through three, most of the time. Um, and all the things that didn't take place that put you in a position where you could win or lose a game. And that's when the game is lost, man. And, uh, you know, I think most people understand that. Uh, People are always looking for excuses for why you didn't do this or why you didn't do that. There are no excuses. Um, You didn't play good, and you got what you deserved in that particular game. Yeah, pretty much, and that's where they are. Now sitting at 11-5. and And you had an article in the Dallas Morning News. I guess it came out today. I read it today, so I'm assuming it was either yesterday. I I wrote it this morning. Okay. (laughs) So that's very fresh. It was fresh. And there were some things that really stand out in this. And it's basically the article Jacques had, it's Cowboys offensive line is average at best. And that's why the offense is stuck in mediocrity. And when you read into this, I don't think people realize the colossal amount of penalties that this collective group has picked up. They have just the offensive line, okay? Not the team, not the offense. Just the offensive line has 52 penalties on the season. The offensive line, people. That's insane. The offensive line, one unit. Oh, it it gets worse, man, because I put it all in there. And you guys can check it out uh, on my Twitter feed at JJT underscore journalist. Uh, Matt's at McMatt Radio. McRadio. Um, but, you know, how about amongst tackles, just tackles, Terrence Steele, Al Collins, and uh, T- Tyron Smith are all top five. Like they're each tied. Like I think the, the, the first two are tied for fourth with eight penalties, and Tyron Smith is fifth. Uh, Biotish leads all centers. Yeah, all centers in the National Football League with eight penalties. Uh, Your boy Connor Williams is second amongst all guards with 11 penalties. And don't forget, he didn't start for three games and only played, I think, three snaps in those Mm -hmm. games or something like that. So, you know, bro, and Matt and I have discussed this before, you commit penalties when you're not good enough to win your individual battle. And so that, to me, shows why they're having so many problems. Yeah, I mean, it is colossally stunning when I read that number. Because I knew it was a lot, and I knew some of these guys are committing a bunch of penalties. It feels like Connor Williams, and I believe he's the second most penalized player in the league offensively, at least with offensive linemen. I mean, the guy does it a ton. But when you look at this, Dallas as a whole has committed 122 penalties so far this season. That is more than anybody else in the league. Next is Las Vegas, who has 120. 
So when you take that, that means that just one unit, just the offensive linemen are accounting for 52 out of the 122 total penalties. So all the other players and all the other units on this thing combined have done 70. How about this? That's 42%. Of all the penalties the entire team has committed are from these guys up front. So, again, all this stuff about, ah, you know, they're one of the best offensive line. They're not. No, they used to be. But that was really a couple years ago before Travis Frederick retired. Mm -hmm. That's when you still had Tyron in his prime. Zach Martin was in his prime. Frederick was in his prime. Yeah, Lyle Collins was playing much better than he hadn't gotten paid yet. Um, those guys were in their prime. Those guys were road grading people. And that was probably one of the best offensive lines in the National Football League. Uh, what we have today, oh, no, my friend, that is not one of the best offensive lines in football. No, and I, I don't even know anymore if it's in the top ten because of how average and, and maybe even below average some of these positions are. Everybody wanted to assume that when they drafted Tyler Biotish, oh, it must be the next Travis Frederick. They both went to Wisconsin. Travis Frederick was a first-round pick. Yeah. No, he was. But um, a lot of people had great things to say about Biotish. A lot of people said, let me see, a lot of people said he was a, he should have been a second-round pick, but there was something happened that that is why he dropped to the fourth. But he was supposed to be a really good player. And so, yeah, I think think we all thought, like you're saying, it was going to be an instant replacement, but it's not even close, bro. No. No, and and one of the things that they talked about, I I saw, I can't remember who tweeted this out, that had when Travis Frederick had to miss some time, and Looney had come in and talking about the difference and how basically Travis Frederick was a second quarterback on the field and could diagnose things faster than Dak could. Like he could see things because he was so cerebral and he was such an elite level that his processing was so quick that he could relay that information in calls that let's say Biotish can do it and that Biotish is good at it, but he doesn't do it nearly as fast as Frederick does it. And so that's the difference between some of these things that happen, or maybe sometimes that he misses things. And it's just interesting, man. I mean, I didn't realize this, and that's what blew my mind is what you were talking about, is how Collins and Steele and Smith, they're top five amongst tackles and penalties, and Collins and Steele have eight each. And then you talk about the penalties Biotish had, who leads all centers with eight penalties, and so on and so forth. And it's just, it is incredible that it's this a off- shit show. It's amazing. And I did like your line, by the way. There's no toll-free number, 1-800-LINEMAN, that you can call and pick up <laughs> some random lineman. But then you look at it, and you talk about how drastically that this thing has fallen off. The Dallas offense is still top 10, believe it or not, in rushing offense for the season. That's because of the benefit of the first six games of the year. In the last 10 games, they have averaged 96 yards per game rushing, which would be bottom five in the NFL for the season. And that's what they have done for the vast majority of the season. They are and have become one of the worst rush attacks in the NFL. Bro, and but see, here's the deal. Their whole offense has been kind of built around that in terms of um, mm. setting up second and moderate so that you can play action, you can run it, you can throw it, you have all kinds of options. Um, and now they can't because they're second and long, third and long all the time, and then they don't convert on third and uh, more than seven. I think Aikman said it was 17%, third more than seven this year, which is awful. Uh, the other thing is, man, without the offensive line road grading people and moving people, teams don't free your running game. 
If they don't fear your running game, they can play it with seven, drop extra defender in the box, and just make my life miserable for your quarterback. Yeah, and, and, and the reality of it is they're still – they lead the league in average points per game, but they had the massive 50-whatever that was a couple of weeks well, ago. dude, in the last 10 games – their average, if you take out the two, the, the, the Atlanta and the Washington, because those are clearly outliers, they're averaging 22 points a game. They're averaging, actually, they're averaging 21.8 and 343 yards. Um, if you go back to the first six games when they were humming, they're averaging 29.1 and 402 yards. And remember, their last great game, they put up 35 points and 567 yards on Belichick. Mm-hmm. And we were like, oh, my God, yeah. look at this. Well, that was fool's gold. That was, man. And, and to your point, if that's the amount of points that you expect, if you take away the, the outliers, then you're 18th in the NFL in points per game. You're about average. And that's yeah, kind of what this offense has been. over the. We all have watched this. It's, it's an average offense for the most part. There's so many things that, that don't connect. And we'll have Ed Werder on our next episode. We'll, we'll talk to Todd Archer here in just a bit. But... You know, Ed was going back and forth with Dan Orlovsky on Twitter today, and I thought it was interesting because Ed was pointing out, and, and, and Orlovsky had this to say as well, based on this thing with Dak and Amari Cooper and how there's some sort of a disconnect here, and for whatever reason, there's something missing. And Ed, I was trying to scroll through here and see what the stat was. Here it is. In their last three games, Dak Prescott has completed just 12 of his 23 passes thrown to Amari Cooper. And Amari Cooper's most recent 100-yard game was with Cooper Rush, and he hasn't had one with Dak since the season opener against Tampa. Well, let's go conspiracy theory. That's always a good place to start. It is. What if the conspiracy theory is, um, you know, Dak as well? I mean, Dak and some of his Amari's teammates were PO'd because Amari – had to miss two games because he wasn't vaccinated. Yes. Uh, what if, and, and this is all just a conspiracy theory based off of nothing. It's the kind of stuff you'd find on a lot of other stations. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> all right. Um, I had a, the reason why this is interesting and this came up, I had a, uh, a person who, who's not affiliated in sports world but has been a very important person in Dallas uh, hit me up today and say, I need some answers on Amari and Dak. And so I kind of walked him through this. <laughs> so I'm just going to give y'all my uh, conspiracy theory. It's like my Zapruder theory. So perhaps Dak and Amari had some words about, you know, I told you you should have got vaccinated. Yeah, but I didn't. Well, now you're hurting us. You know, the kind of conversation you would expect to hear. Well, don't remember three weeks ago, Amari, hey, I need to ball more. Y'all ain't really using me on third down. Uh, give me the ball. Mm-hmm. So they get him the ball. But last week, man, he was, he came back to being a uh, an afterthought again. Three catches, 18 yards, not a lot of impact. Dak missed him a couple times when he was wide open. Uh, but did you pay attention to his comments after the game? After the game, Amari says, we need better communication. We need to do what we're doing during the week and talk about it more so we don't have to do as much on the game day. I'm paraphrasing, but you go find it. Yeah. And so perhaps this is all just a much larger disconnect about what's going on with the offense, how he's being used, why he's not being used a certain way. And uh, they're both just kind of uh, peeved at each other. And it's, uh, they can't quite get it right. Um, and so it's affecting them on the field. 
It is, but it's interesting because when you look at it, since he has been back, and he's been back for a bit, you look at this from the New Orleans games where they only targeted him twice. In the last four games, the first Washington game, seven targets. The Giants game, five targets. The second Washington game, 11 targets. And then last week against Arizona, seven targets. So it, yeah. they're still targeting him. They're, they're throwing him the yeah. football. Yeah, yeah, but, dude, you know, this is, matter of fact, maybe we'll bring this back and talk about it in more depth on Thursday and make it just an Amari, a look at Amari. Okay, I'll take that assignment. I, I like okay. that. See, this is how we, see how, see how quickly me and Matt solve things and create things? See, there it is. It's done. Because it ain't really about the targets, man. It's like this. And I'm going to ask you this question. When you look at Amari Cooper in the Cowboys' office, do you feel like he's a priority? No. Well, that's what I'm saying. So it doesn't matter how you target him. It don't feel like he's a priority. Now, here's what I mean. Do you think Devontae Adams is a priority for Aaron Rodgers? Oh, yeah. You see what I'm saying? I mean, do you feel like yeah, Tyreek sure. Hill is a yeah. priority for Pat Mahomes? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. So now you could say, well, damn, Dallas has got CeeDee Lamb and they got all these other weapons. That's cool. You're paying one twelve letter cuss worth $20 million. He needs to be an effing priority. Yeah, and he's definitely how not. Because how do you make him a priority? It feels to me like they focus more with CD than they do on Amari at this point. And maybe that's because Amari draws double coverage Could and he be, does right, all this yeah. other stuff. But it doesn't matter, man. This is the Jason Garrett bullshit I was always talking about. And so maybe it relates to Dak some too, which is, yes, take what the defense gives you. Okay, no problem with that. Sometimes take what the fuck you want. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Mark Cooper is good enough. Sometimes take what you want. And then everybody's got to be on the same page. Uh, Bob Sturm, who's great at this, picked up something off of NFL Game Pass with the all 22 look. And it was and, and, and this is the kind of stuff you're talking about. It's a uh, it's a singles high safety look. Pre snap read. Amari's got some anonymous cornerback on him with no safety over the top. Okay, when that happens in Madden, what do you do? You look at Amari, you drop back, and you let that thing fly. Well, Dak dropped back and looked the other way. Yeah. And, of course, Amari did what? Beat the hell out of that guy at the line of scrimmage wide open. And so that's when, and this is what's disappointing about not having locker room access, because you could go take that play and not to have a gotcha moment, but to say anybody on the starting offense, okay, what's the, uh, what's the, what's the deal right here? So that I can mm, better explain yeah, it, better yeah. understand it. Um, you know, so I'm not going to cry about lack of accessibility right now, although I will. <laughs> <laughs> but, yes. uh, you know, that's when it comes in handy. So there appears to be some kind of disconnect between those two dudes. Um, you wish it would get solved in a hurry, man, but. Shit, there's one regular season game left. I'm not expecting it to get solved. Yeah, I wouldn't imagine in, in the final week that you're going to solve that. That that's an off season. We got to go through practices and camp, and I, who the hell knows at this point? You know, the other interesting thing is is Chill just tweeted this out about Zeke, and I, I you kind of realize it, but then you forget Zeke Elliott has not had more than 52 yards rushing in a game in 10 straight games. He has 915 rushing yards for the season. 
which if that trend continues and there's no reason to expect that it won't, he would fail to crack 1,000 yards. And I was just looking at this. And I know he's banged up, and I know the offensive line isn't the same, but holy hell. As a rookie, he averaged 108.7 yards per game. This season, he's at 57 yards per game. I mean, if you want more perspective, there was a time through the first three or four seasons, he had only been held under 50 yards like two or three times in 40 or 50 games. I mean, this is Um, what a drop off. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, this year is not even really even fair because we all know that, again, two days after the season, they'll be announcing some kind of surgery to repair some kind right. of ligament or whatever. This is this season is much more a testament to his toughness and, uh, you know, ability to fight through pain and injury than anything. Um, but the fact remains, he's not giving you much on the ground. And, you know, you run into this weird dichotomy where it's clear that Tony – Tony uh, Pollard's name is Pollard. You know, I had an old man moment. I know. I thought you were about to I'm say a, Dorsett. I'm about to hit the double nickel, so I'm I'm to be excused for that. Yeah. Uh, you know, is a better, more effective back right now, but you still feel compelled to give Zeke his respectful carries, and that's where you know that's a hard thing about football, man. <laughs> because you're like, there's a role for Zeke, but shit, we're not mm. paying him all this money to be. You know, terrific pass protector. Much like we say about Tank Lawrence. We're not paying all this money to be good against the run and stuff, dog. You're you're here to get sacks. Yeah, that's the truth, man. I mean, that's the reality of what it is. And he's got that final year next year on the contract before they can walk away. And you got to think. I mean, obviously, if he doesn't come back next year and just do something, then you're walking away after 2022. I mean, but I think we have to remember, before he got hurt, he was doing something. You know, he was averaging five yards a carry through six games, I think, had 500-something yards, had gone over 100 a couple times and 85 or 90 in another game. I mean, he was he was fine, and then he got hurt, and then it fell apart. Yeah, he was fine, and now he's not. No, but uh, your point is well taken because, you know, I think he also hits 27 or 28 yeah. next year, which is when running backs fall off a cliff. And... um you know, they're going to have to do something. I wouldn't – I really wouldn't expect him to be back because at this point – I mean, I think he'll get his last year, but at this point, you know, it's going to be – I mean, you can just find a cheaper option um, to do the things that he can do, and then he can go somewhere and, you know, not have to deal with being a former, you know, rookie of the year and all the great things he did at, at uh, with the Cowboys yeah. and just be a, member, a piece of the offense. You get five carries, you get five, you get ten, you get ten. Whatever. Yeah, it's 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 wild, man. It's I I who knows. And again, you, you don't know. Maybe he gets fixed and he comes back at age twenty seven and he's got another explosive year and and we move forward. But from what we've seen the last couple of seasons, you just kind of wonder. Who knows what the future will hold? I do know this: if you haven't had Bruce Biltong, then you're missing out because Bruce Biltong. And if we haven't explained it well enough to you yet, and you're still not sure. It's like beef jerky, but it is not beef jerky. It is actually known as biltong. It is a traditional South African air-dried meat. I will tell you this. It is better. It is tastier. It is more savory. There are zero artificial ingredients. There is zero sugar. It's high in protein. Put it in your mouth and enjoy some biltong. (laughs) I love it when you say it. You you know, uh, I mean, it's very interesting when you say it quite like that. It is. Uh, Bill Talk, man, I'm down with the uh, 
with sliced biltongs. It's all delicious, but I I really get down with the sliced biltongs. Very succulent, very juicy. Uh, I mean, it sounds weird to talk about uh, something similar to beef jerky as being succulent and juicy, but that to me is what separates it. It's terrific. I love it. Y'all know I like to work out. Uh, 240 calories, 30 grams of protein and a couple ounces, no carbs, mm-hmm. no sugar, none of that bad stuff in you. And it, it, it's uh, great for my mid-afternoon snack. Man, it's a, it's a fantastic snack. I really think you'll enjoy it. It's Brews Biltong. The website is B-R-U-S-B-I-L-T-O-N-G. BrewsBiltong.com. It's just a dude. It's a South African guy who made it at home, and his friends liked it so much, he decided to launch his own company. So how about that? We are the first the only podcast that he sponsors. So you are the only people that have the opportunity not only to try Brews Biltong like this, but get that 15% off when you use the promo code JAM15 at checkout. J-A-M-15 at checkout. 15% off your order. You're going to absolutely love this. I'm telling you this. All right? If you like beef jerky, you will love Biltong. You owe it to yourself to try it. BrewsBiltong.com. Dot com. Also, of course, our friends at Blue Star Motor Group, we were talking about them earlier, man, because if you, in 2022, whether it is buy or sell, maybe you're looking to buy that car this year and, and you're working on a trade or whatever it is that you're doing, you've got to stop down and, and at least touch base with Deb at Blue Star Motor Group. 817-881-4066. You have got to start your process and include them in on your conversation. No, you absolutely have to do, man, because with Deb and Mike, it's all about the win-win, man. They'll create the best deal for you uh, when you're trying to buy a car. They've got all kinds of cars. they got cars for people like me who need to buy the granddaughter one, her first starter car. they got cars if you want to spend 100 Gs. they got cars, everything in between. Go call them because Deb is a deal maker. You hit her up, she'll text you back typically within 10 minutes, sometimes within five. She ain't got no finance manager. She ain't got nobody she got to check with. With her, it's all about let's get it done. Let's make it happen. Yeah, that's the way to do it. And I'm telling you right now, if you are looking to sell your car, you do need to sell it to them because they will be able to offer you more in pretty much all cases than a dealership because they have such low overhead. You got to keep that in mind. They will come to you. They will buy your car and they will give you cash on site. You cannot beat that deal, but you don't know if you don't give her a call. Or you're like, I don't like to talk on the phone. Shoot her a text. She'll respond to your texts. 817-881-4066. It is Blue Star Motor Group's superior quality. Carfax certified pre-owned vehicles of all makes and models. Buy or sell, but you got to do it with Blue Star Motor Group and bluestarmotorgroup.com. All right, as we continue, we got to take this trip around the block. As many of you know, I love craft beer. We've talked about craft beer on the podcast many, many times. We've tried a bunch of different beers, and when I was in Dallas last week for a bit, I I came back with about two and a half cases of beer from Dallas. Did you know? I did. I don't know. I think I think I would have taken the over. I did, and one of them I'm giving to one of the guys here that I know that runs a brewery that I wanted him to try some stuff from Dallas, but you know had a good chance to pick up some good beers. Although I'm not drinking this week, perhaps I will be by the weekend. We shall see, but. I bring this up because our favorite quarterback, my favorite quarterback, I should say. Yeah, your favorite quarterback. You hate him, but I think no, he's no. a great guy. He's a great dude. And his name is Troy Aikman. Some of you may know him. Three-time Super Bowl champion Troy Aikman. He has launched a beer company simply known as Eight. His number. Hey, man. 
That's a good name for it. It is a beer. I'm try, I would try to dig into this, and I was like, okay, I can't tell if it's an actual brewery or if they're contract brewing out of somewhere, which I think is what they're doing to start. I got to dig in this and, and see if I can find out more. But it's an Austin-based company that will release this beer called Eight. It is a 90-calorie light beer that'll be available in Texas in early 2022, some point coming up. Very similar to Michelob Ultra, if you want a comparison for what this is. And he says that he wanted a beer for people like himself because he's meticulous and mindful of what he's putting in his body. And he thought, wouldn't it be great if there was a beer, a better beer, for people like that than what was available? So of all the beers he thought he could make, he went out and made this. It is an American light lager, 90-calorie beer. He says that it's been in the works for several years, and he's been doing research with members of the Food Science and Technology Department at Oregon State University before he partnered with, I'm going to mispronounce this, I've never heard of this brewing company, Fauberg Brewing Company out of New Orleans to make the beer. The company headquarters is in, is in Austin, and he thinks that it brings a more authentic feel to the brand than Dallas does, which I don't know how that is because, let's be honest, Troy, this is the type of beer that people in Dallas would drink. People in Austin would drink actual real beer. <laughs> but I digress. It is made with organic grains. It is an all-malt beer, so it has no corner rice or anything like that. And he's been along the whole... The whole process, he's been there for all the tastings and everything to get it the way that he wanted it to be. He says, this beer is for the early risers, the people who get up in the morning with the purpose and want to be better. All right, that's cool. Um, I mean, I think, I think you just have to say it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. I mean, it, again, it's, he's right. It, it's, you know, you see the Michelob Ultra commercials and there's people running a marathon and then they immediately meet their friends and down some Michelob Ultra. Because right. it's a super light beer. It's not, it doesn't have a lot of calories in it. You can have a few of them. And if that's what's important to you, you still want to be able to enjoy a beer, but you're not really as focused on taste. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's just the key. And, you know, the thing about beer that I've learned, whether we're talking about uh, craft beer or, you know, the beer that you find in your local, you know, your, your Budweiser's and all of that, it's that there really is a beer for everybody. <laughs> And if you, you want a little more flavor, you want something that's a higher end, then you go with the craft beer, man. Yeah. And if you want something that's not, then you go with, with, with another option. Uh, and it's clear that it's Troy Aikman. It's going to be successful, you know? So, hey, uh, cheers to him. Yeah, they say it'll go on sale in Texas bars and restaurants in February, and they may expand to other states. They also say that eight right now is the only beer and he says, we've made contingency plans down the road if they decide they want to brew other beers as well. So we'll see how this goes. But, I mean, I'll, I'll try anything, obviously. I can appreciate a good light lager. I'm not really of that style. I mean, I'll drink a lager, but I'd rather it be a lager and not a light lager. But it, there's a place for everything. And you got to find what you enjoy, as you said. It's not my thing. I, I, I don't think it'll be any good. But who knows? Maybe... For what it is, I'm sure it's brewed well. I, I just don't think it'd be something that I would particularly enjoy. Well, no, I mean it's one that type of that type of beer to me is you know a couple steps above water. Right, so, it, yeah. right, and to me, like and that's if, not a knock on it. That's that's what it's supposed to be. But I, I, um, but if you want a beer with a real robust flavor, then probably once you get introduced to it, you'll go the craft beer route because that's what craft beer is for. 
Yeah, man. And see, stuff like this is always interesting to me because I would be of, if this is the beer I'm going to drink, I would just not drink beer. Uh, much like they have sugar-free ice cream. Like if you're going to eat that, just don't eat ice cream. Like if you want ice cream, eat ice cream. Like work out and do what you can so that you can have a little bite of ice cream here and there. But Troy apparently is like an Adonis and is, you know, talks about how much he works out and he drinks a gallon to two gallons of water a day and all this. And that's great. I mean, there's a reason why he's in his mid-50s or however old he is. How, what, is he 60 yet? How old is he? I mean, Troy's the same age. Yeah, yeah see? He's 50, uh, you know, 54 or 55. And it's the same kind of like you. Like, you're very meticulous about what you eat and your portion control and all that because as you get older – you have to be that way because working out just isn't enough anymore. Well, yeah. I mean, you just have to be aware of it. Yeah. Um, of what you're eating and when you're eating and working out and all that other stuff and everything else will, um, you know, will, will work itself out. But you just, you just got to be aware of what you're eating. And uh, if you do that, it's all good. Or aware of what you're drinking because so many empty calories come from drinks, whether it's soda. Oh, yeah, for sure. Fruit juice or, you know, beer, uh, whatever. You just got to, awareness is the key to everything. It is. It is. You and I would say pretty much they always say, what's the word that all things in moderation, usually you're okay. But the problem becomes, you know, if you don't want to end up on thousand pound sisters on TLC, you know, you have to you have to watch yourself and what you're consuming and how much you're eating. Next thing you know, the one bucket of fried chicken turns into six and you got a documentary film crew sitting in your living room. (laughs) Yeah, something like that. I'm just telling you, man. I mean, over the weekend when we were with the ladies' side of the family, we were sitting there watching the show with their dad, and it was 1,000-pound sisters. And one of them was the largest human I've ever seen in my life. And I just thought, you know, how? And she goes, yeah, you know, at some point you realize you have a problem. And I just thought, man, that's so sad because you can barely move. She couldn't ever leave her house. You know, she was too big to do anything, and, and it's just so sad to see that happen to people. Um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, um, you know, man. That's I, t- I, t- I was telling somebody this the other day. Everybody got everybody's got issues, man. And some for some people it's drugs, and for some people it's alcohol, and for some people it's food, man. Yeah. And um, you know, it's as it's as deadly and as any other disease or addiction that that you have. And uh, trust me, somebody's been a fat guy most of their life, dog. <laughs> you know that ain't nothing. I mean, I see how it could happen. Like I had a friend of mine. He he was I don't know. He weighed whatever he weighed two forty two fifty. He went down to one eighty five or something. Yeah. And then I didn't see him because of the pandemic. He back at two fifty. Yeah, it's tough, man. <laughs> and he was all mad and. It's like, yeah, I'm starting to roll back again, but I'm just mad that I let myself get back. And that's because if you don't have really strong habits in place, it doesn't take much, man. Like, just like a person addicted to alcohol or drugs or gambling or anything. That's true. If you don't have good things in place, it doesn't take but an instant for you to go back to those old destructive habits. That's very true, man. And then this, it's, you know, they have those shows all the time on TLC or whatever, the 600-pound life shows. And I saw one once where this dude, like apparently his friend had gone and said, hey, we, he has to leave or he's going to die. And they couldn't get him out of the house. So they had to cut the wall off the side of his house to be able to forklift him out, of, out on his bed. And I just yeah, thought, bro. man, that's, that's tough, man. I mean, that's a sadness. That's, that's definitely unfortunate. The other thing I wanted to bring up, and I thought this was interesting. 
Obviously, this is our second show, second podcast of the new year here in 2022. And I don't know why I was digging into this. I was looking at our podcast. We can look at all kinds of different information on our podcast analytics and stuff. So I started looking at this. And as we know, the vast, vast majority of our listeners are in the United States. We do have listeners in different countries. But outside of the United States, we have listeners from a variety of countries. But in the United States, it's probably about 85% of our listeners are in Texas. So I thought it was interesting because you can click down and see like what cities and stuff people are listening in. Right. So I don't know if anybody else finds this interesting, but it's our podcast. And I don't even know if you'll find it interesting, but I do. So I'm going to bring it up. So our top eight cities, as far as listener downloads, about 24%, I'll say this, Dallas, Fort Worth are the top two cities. And that's about 30% of the podcast listeners come from DF, like actual Dallas or actual Fort Worth. The third city is Arlington, followed by McKinney, Duncanville, Garland, Houston is seventh. Spies. And then Frisco is eighth. But then it starts getting interesting. The ninth is Athens, Texas, which is out there somewhat southeast of Dallas, on the way to Tyler, kind of. Chicago, Illinois is number nine. Our ninth most downloaded location <laughs> is Chicago, Illinois. How the hell does that happen? My sister moved from there about eight years ago. See, and that's what I wondered, because we may be taking a trip to Chicago later this year, and I wonder, I mean, hell, Chicago people. <laughs> Get in touch. You know? Number 10 is Rockwall, my hometown. 11 is Seminole, Oklahoma. Really? Yes. Number 12 is Plano, Texas. 13 is Flower Mound. 14 is Ada, Oklahoma. And 16 is Austin. <laughs> but how about this? Because I'm, gonna, I'm just going to do the top 20. The 17th most listened to by city, New York City, New York. See, that's what's up right there. Where are Told you, you New York City people at? Hit us up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it's followed by Richardson, Ulysses, and the 20th city, Los Angeles, California. L.A., baby. That's Help. what's up. Washington, D.C. is 23rd. <laughs> Newark, New Jersey is on here. North Bergen, New Jersey. Durant, Oklahoma. Portland, Oregon. Where are you at? Damn, really? Yes. Hyden, Kentucky. <laughs> I didn't even know there was a city called Hyden, Kentucky. And you guys are downloading the podcast. At a, uh, there's obviously a handful of you in Kentucky that are downloading it because one person can't download it this many times <laughs> in a month. Yeah, no joke. I mean, all these cities, Stuttgart, Arkansas, all those are ahead of like Irving and Capel and Louisville, Texas and all this. Boise, Idaho is on the list up here. Prairieville, Louisiana, hello. Well, Boise is probably from all those Cowboy fans. Lakeville, Minnesota. So I start seeing some of these, I know I'm like, where guys, where, hello, (laughs) Camp Hill, Pennsylvania, Manhattan, Kansas, Ashburn, Virginia. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. All these different cities, all these different places. And apparently I butchered the name in Arkansas. You've already been informed. I've already been informed that, you know, what is it? Stuttgart. I don't know. I mean, how it's S-T-U-T-T-G-A-R-T. Maybe Stuttgart. Like Stuttgart or something. I'm just guessing because I don't know. 
I mean, you know, what do you want me to say? It's one of those. So if you're living there and you're listening to the podcast, sorry, I butchered your city, but thank you for listening. (laughs) But man, I thought this was nuts. So I was looking at the map. We have been downloaded in the last month in 48 of the 50 United States. Who are the two slackers? I'm sorry. Who do you think they are? Because they're so random. Uh, Maine. Nope, we've been downloaded 10 times in Maine. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) I know. Wyoming. Dude, you nailed it. Wyoming is one of the two. Uh, Let me see. And I would say the other one would be uh, New Hampshire. Dang, you were very close. It's right next to New Hampshire. Rhode Island? Vermont. I was going to, well, yeah. Which, what's wrong with you guys, Vermont? That's where my favorite beer is from. But man, it is wild when you look around the country and you see the different, like all, like seriously, within the last month, every single state in the country has downloaded us except, so if you know somebody in Montana, tell them to check us out. Or if you know somebody in Vermont, tell them to check us out. But how nuts is that, that all these different cities, and I mean, they're down, I mean, there's obviously chunks of people that listen in these different cities across the country. Bro. Hey man, it's the power of the podcast, man. It's the power of technology. I guess. I mean, it's something. I mean, obviously, Texas is number one. It's not even close. But here are the top states for downloads in the last. This is just in the last month. 73% from Texas, followed by Oklahoma, California, Illinois, New York, New Jersey, Virginia, and Pennsylvania. Wow. Yeah, isn't that something? And I got to tell you, the state in which I live is embarrassing because it's down towards the bottom. (laughs) They're busy with college football. I guess so, man. But that's something, you know, just when when you look at this, and I I don't do this very often. I just think it's interesting to look around the world because you can look and see. So let's just, again, these are just numbers from the past month, okay? By far, 98% of our listeners are in the United States. True that, true that. But we have had 300 downloads from Canada, and then you'll never guess the third country. I mean, I'm a little Book, surprised. Bucharest. No, but okay, not bad. It's actually not a bad <laughs> guess. <laughs> okay, that was that was my wild card guess. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I, almost, I almost nailed it too. I mean, okay, all right. So, at number three, India. I was close. Yeah, that's I, what I said. I think in Bucharest over there. <laughs> number four is Mexico, followed by South Korea. The United Kingdom, Germany, and the United Arab Emirates. Oh, that's our, that's all our fans in Dubai, I'm sure. I guess, man. I don't know. Z- Zambia has 24 downloads this past month. Power to the people. And then I've, I don't even know if I've heard of this country before. Uh, One person in Uzbekistan downloaded us. Oh, uh, I think I've got a cousin from over there. Do you? No. Do you? <laughs> I mean, this is nuts, man. I mean, all these stuff. Kuwait has downloaded us. Bahrain. Bahrain. Ku- Kuwait? Yeah. Sweden. Uh, we need an oil hookup. <laughs> an oil hookup. <laughs> Nepal. Somebody in Nepal where Mount Everest is has downloaded us. Wow. Guys, this is nuts. Yeah, unfortunately, I guess Luca, if he is listening, does it when he's here because no Slovenian downloads. <laughs> There's no Slovenian. No, and no, no Russian maybe, or maybe anything. Pretty much all of Eastern Europe hates us. Well, but that's okay. People. We're not going anywhere. Do they even speak English? I don't even know. Jeez. 
<laughs> I don't know. I mean, Lucas speaks like 19 different languages. What do I know what they do? So I thought that was cool. I thought that was kind of cool to take a little random look at that. Oh, no, that's very cool, bro. Yeah, so we appreciate all of you, not just those of you in the DFW area, but all of you in Texas and all of you in the country and across the world for listening. It's very, very cool. As a matter of fact, I'd love, you know, hit us up on Twitter because I think it's cool to know that different people are listening from all over the place. So you can find us at McMatt Radio. That's me, M-C-M-A-T-T Radio. Jacques is at JJT underscore journalist. So if you are in one of those cities that I mentioned and you are listening to the podcast, let us know. I'd, I'd love to hear from you. I think, I don't know why, that just blows my mind in some of these other places that you guys are listening and listening all the time. But, you know, a lot of Cowboys fans are spread across the country and, and spread across the world and just fans of good conversation are everywhere. Hell yeah. And that's what we like to do. We like to have good conversations. Yeah, we do. Maybe I'm going to start doing that. Whenever we travel, I'll go to different pockets and just leave little cards for jam session and tell people to start listening. And we'll, that's how you do it. I used to do that. Like I would leave my card at places that we would go out to eat and stuff and be like, hey, scan this if you like good content. Really? Yeah. All right, I'll start doing that. It was something to do just because you never know. Maybe they trashed it and threw it away or maybe they're like, oh, what is this? No, no, no. I like that idea. And they got into it, and they got really into it. And now, that's why places in Kentucky I've never heard of are downloading us hundreds of times a month. Dude, that's what's up. And if you're in Kentucky, you know, send us some Kentucky beer or something fun. Yeah. <laughs> something like that. We can have a little a, a fun time with that. Now, as we continue, we were going to have our conversation with Todd Archer next, but... See, this is the way the podcast works. A lot of the times we schedule it, and as we're recording the podcast, we kind of have, okay, well, we think this is what's coming up next. And unfortunately, Todd Archer had an emergency this evening and wasn't able to join us, so we will have to touch base with him next week perhaps, but no big deal. Nobody is, is hopefully too bummed out about missing Todd, and if you are, I apologize. We didn't mean, we didn't mean to let you down. <laughs> no, we didn't. But I can't tell you what won't let you down, and that, of course, is our friends at Freeway Tire Shop. JR and his guys at Freeway Tire Shop. If you don't want to take my word for it, you can definitely take Jacques' word for it because, dude, every single one of your cars has been worked on by JR's hands. His guys, the mechanic you can trust, whether it's something simple or some of your cars that had needed extensive work, JR tells you what he's going to do and stands behind it. That's why, that's why I use it, man. It's, uh, it was love at first sight from a mechanic. It was uh, because, you know, it's the four T's, man, and it's all about trust, 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 trust for me. And it's trust the diagnosis, trust the parts that are getting used, trust the price that you're quoted and that you're getting, and then trust that the, the, the work is guaranteed, man. JR hits the nail on those every single solitary time, so I love to, I mean, I ain't going to say I love taking my cars to because that means I got to spend money. But at least I know the thing is fixed when I get it back. Mm -hmm. That's the important thing. You can trust them. That's what it is. When you think freeway tire shop, you think trust, quality work, elite level customer service, and competitive pricing. He's got it all for you there at Freeway Tire Shop. It's just north of downtown Dallas. So if you'd like, you can request a quote. You can schedule an appointment. You can do all that online at freewaytireshop.com. And while you're there, maybe you drop it off and then you just jump in an Uber or a Lyft or whatever, because right around the corner off Mockingbird is where you will find Smokey John's Barbecue. Smokey John's Barbecue, I mean, a lot of you have been sending pictures of the Jam Session Bowl. I actually just got one from Dre, Dre Davis, 
who tweeted in the other day about a picture of the Jam Session Bowl said, fellow listener of the podcast, the Jam Session Bowl is loaded. Appreciate you and JJT for all the laughs and Cowboys talk. And I said, well, how'd you like the bowl? He said, it's just as you described it, flavorful and full of smoky goodness. My parents ended up splitting theirs, and I ended up eating all of mine. <laughs> You're a grown-ass man if you ate the whole thing. Bro. No doubt, man. <laughs> You're a grown-ass man for real, bro. So that's badass, Dre. Appreciate that and supporting Smokey John's. But look, the Jam Session Bowl is fantastic. It's your choice of made-from-scratch mac and cheese or mashed potatoes topped with your choice of two different meats. The toppings are up to you with shredded cheddar cheese and drizzled with Smokey John's barbecue sauce. Only available to Jam Session listeners because it's on the secret menu. Nobody, If you don't listen to the podcast, you wouldn't even know it existed to order it in the first place. And if you do it and you're a Jam Session listener, the only way you can order it, you get a complimentary drink that comes with it. Bro, it's, uh, it's fantastic. Uh, you know, we also like to tell you, uh, don't forget about the rub and, and mm-hmm. the... Uh, and the um, sauce, man, the sauce that Matt drinks out the bottle occasionally. It's terrific. All you got to go to Marketplace on the website, click on it, have it at your house in a couple of days. That, too, is fantastic. And it doesn't matter wherever you are in the states of the world, you can have a little taste of Smokey John's right there with you. Yes, you can. It is fantastic. They are local, family-owned. It's brothers that own the place, man. It's been there a long time. It's fantastic. It is Smokey John's Barbecue. Online, SmokeyJohns.com. Keep in mind also that as we move into the new year, if you listen, and there are many of you, we do a lot of the local stuff from DFW, but because there are some of you that listen in Houston or perhaps listen elsewhere, if you know somebody that owns a business and you think that they might be a match for what we do on Jam Session, let us know. You can email me, Matt at Jam Session Podcast, as we are looking to expand our sponsors and bring in and expose you guys to some new stuff that we believe in. You know, let's touch base and have a conversation. So send me an email or any of you. I mean, any of you guys can email me or or Jacques about anything you want, but you can find me, Matt at jamsessionpodcast.com. That's the easy way. Shoot me an email. I can get you some information and we'll see if it's a fit. Maybe it is. Maybe it's not. I don't know. But, you know, we don't know unless we touch base. So we move forward here. Uh-oh, Jacques with a power sneeze. So Dirk Nowitzki, when many of you listen to this, it'll be January 5th. It'll be a Wednesday. And the Mavs will have a home game. And at that home game, the greatest Mav that has ever Mavved, Dirk Nowitzki's jersey, number 41, his number, will be retired into the rafters and will never be worn by another player for the Dallas Mavericks ever again. He will easily be the best Mav to ever have his number retired, and it should be a pretty special ceremony, and I don't know if that game's on national television. I need to look and see if it is, because I would love to see that ceremony. Yeah, I don't know, man. I think it's going to be special. Uh, Dirk's a fantastic player, obviously. He's a better dude. Uh, he's one of the great guys, really. And so, uh, you know, he deserves everything he's getting, bro. He does. He he was one of those guys. And we talked about this when he retired, and I wrote that poem for him that I read on the air. Remember that? Oh, how could I forget it? That's fantastic, man. But it's it's really interesting because Dirk's whole career spanned my entire adult life because we're basically the exact same age. And when Dirk was drafted by the Dallas Mavericks originally was – and that's what I always thought was so interesting about his career and his – Mavdom, so to speak, the only player ever in the history of the NBA to spend 21 seasons with the exact same team. 
drafted in 1998 when I was a sophomore in college at that point, or I was wrapping up my freshman year when he was drafted. And so he was kind of coming to Dallas at the same age as why I was finding out my own life. And, you know, when he was retired, it was emotional because I don't know, in some sense, represented a piece of your life. Yeah, it did. It did. And he always was, and I do that. And you know this, because this is why Jason Witten was my favorite NFL player, because I always thought not that I was going to, but there was a time in my life when I was a kid that I thought I'll play in the NBA. You know, I played basketball in high school, and when I'd shoot hoops on my driveway, that's what I dreamed of. And Dirk, to me, was the type of player in the NBA that somehow I could have ever played at that level. I would have wanted to play like that. I would have wanted to be that level of with the media and, you know, wanting to be with the same team the whole time and, and making it just some of the things and the ideals that were important to Dirk and the way that he was with everybody was how I think I would have carried myself if I had played at that level. And, and so there was that. And, you know, having the opportunity being in the Dallas media to be around Dirk a couple of times, he just was that type of guy. I mean, I think that's why you see such a consistent outpouring of love for Dirk. It's because he's a hell of a dude, man. I mean, I think that's, I mean, to me, I mean, that just kind of sums it up. That's who he is. Um, and, and when you're around guys like that, man, it is um, – it's contagious because uh, they make you feel good. They're superstars. They got more money than, than you could ever make in 10 lifetimes, yet they treat you like they treat, you know, anybody else. They don't make themselves appear to be any bigger or, you know, they're, they're down-home people, man, and that's kind of the beauty of Dirk. It is, and I think it's special. It's awesome that he has an opportunity, and, and everybody knew the day that he hung it up. I mean, they're working on a statue. They named a street after him. Dirk's going to be the greatest Maverick of all time. They'll never, even if Luca wins titles and, and kind of becomes that, he'll never be the one that won it first. The first MVP, the first ch- championship, and just that connection. And hell, I, I'm still not at this point. I don't know that I, I believe that Luca's going to be here <laughs> for 10 years, much less 21. We'll see. But the way it's going right now with this current Mavs team, man, you just wonder, I don't know. The Mavs have been a beating this year. They have been, and COVID and a lot of stuff is happening, and it's just, but they are just not a fun watch a lot of the times. <laughs> well, you know, what happened is they've, they've, they've introduced us to this different style that they want to play, and it's not, a, uh, it's not an aesthetically pleasing style. It's more of a defensive look. Yeah, uh, They're taking their time coming up to court, so they're not running a break or doing any of that. And uh, they're taking a lot of mid-range jumpers compared to other teams. Um, and so they're playing a different style, different brand of basketball. They haven't had Luka for a lot of the season. They certainly haven't had Luka and KP together. And it's just a mosh. And they're boring. <laughs> and so if you're boring and you're not winning, that's one thing. If you're boring and you're winning, well, you know, we, we figure out how to make it do what it do. But when you're boring and you're not winning, bro, uh, we got some tough choices to make. Yeah, and they have started to come along a little bit here. They're, they've won four out of their last five. They've won three in a row heading into the game against Golden State. And they're doing it with, a, I mean, a, a ravaged COVID roster. It's just really weird because it, it just seems herky-jerky is like the word that comes to my mind for the way that everything has been. I mean, Luka is still Luka. He's averaging 25, 9, and 8. Right, But of all the games they've played this year, you, you look at it and he's missed a, a chunk of time because they've played 37 games and he's played in only 23 of them. 
I mean, hell, Kristaps has played more games than Luca has this year. Dude, it's just been a poop show, man. Then he didn't come into camp in shape. And I so, know. You know, it's just been a – I think you said it right. It's been a downer. And uh, I haven't really even watched them all that much, in part because the Cowboys, at least for a little while, were having such a great season. It, it allowed me to ignore them for a little bit. Uh, plus, they're not easy to find. <laughs> That's very and true. So, you know, they don't make it easy to find them. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, it's what it is, bro. It is, and it, it's, it's frustrating, that part of it. The other thing, and you're, you're right about Luca, and I, I wonder that about him. He's still very young, and that's, I wonder, some of it, if he is still of a mindset that he can just roll out of bed. I mean, he turns 23 at the end of February, so he's not a teenager anymore. And you wonder if that offseason light's ever going to go on where instead of going home the entire offseason, he stays in Dallas, works his ass off, and actually shows up at the beginning of the year in shape. Because it does feel like he uses basically like the first half of the season to play himself into shape. Well, I mean, I think it's a, it's a different deal for him because he's also carrying his country on his shoulders and whatever they ask him to do, he's got to do. Um, there's some happy medium between doing nothing and doing, you know, being Kobe Bryant. Yeah. There's some happy medium and he needs to find it. Um, and I think he will uh, because everything you hear about him says he wants to be great. And this is part of the process of being great if you really want it. And so I think um, I think ultimately he'll figure it out. But it's just taking time right now, brother. It's taking a lot of time. And, and part of the problem is when you look at the Mavs, you wonder how much of the frustration. I wonder this. I wonder if he looks at what they're bringing in and he shows up and is like, ah, this isn't really what I want. And so he doesn't think that they are going to be any good. Versus if they went out, I don't know. I mean, maybe I'm overthinking think it, that. but. It, it's just yeah, it's, a, it's strange that this is a thing that he does, and it's basically been his entire career now where he shows up and kind of does it like that. Yeah, I mean, but he's not alone. A lot of people do that. A lot of people just aren't as great as he is. And so, you know, I think the previous two years, he still, you know, he put up the numbers that he put up, so it wasn't as big a deal. I think with this different style of ball and the way he's played, it's a little more of a note uh, this year. Um, but, you know, I, I expect, based on what you hear, that Luka will be Luka. Um, you know, I think he almost had a triple-double last night when they beat the Nuggets. Uh, that was a good win, even though the Nuggets have been struggling this year too. You just hope at some point the light comes on this season. But, you know, Doug, they still ain't putting no team around it. So it's uh, I can see where where he just shakes his head and goes, you know, Jesus. Yeah, I'm I'm very, very concerned about this. But we don't know, and, and we're not going to know anytime soon. I don't know, man. The trade deadline's going to be interesting. I don't know. The Mavs are just in a it's, – it's disappointing. Yeah. I don't know what I was expecting, but it wasn't this. Yeah. I wasn't expecting a team that's fighting – I mean, they're almost a half, halfway through the season. I just told you, they've played 37 games. 41 is halfway through, and they're just now one game over five hundred. Well, they took a much they took a dramatic change, man. Jason Kidd, the way he wants to play, is yeah, I mean, it's basically the opposite of uh, Rick Carlisle. And so you got all these guys who played one way, and then you know the two guys they brought in uh, to be three and D guys haven't played worth a shit for the most part. Um, we told you when this happened, so this is not breaking news. Tim Hardaway should never be your third best player. It just so happened that it, it fell right for him. Um. 
you know, so that's the way it is. Yeah, and then you look at it and, and you look at what's around. I mean, hell, the Lakers are 500 and they're fighting for a playoff spot. The Clippers are 500. The Mavs are a game above both those teams. You know, really the only two teams that have been slaughtering everything in their path, it feels like, are Golden State and Phoenix. You know, Utah's been really, really good. Memphis, I think, has surprised some people this year with how good they've been. But, I mean, the Mavs are right on the heels of Denver for the five seed. So maybe it's just you're figuring it out and you turn it on the second half of the season. And I don't know. I mean, it, who knows? I don't know. I'm telling you, I don't know the answer. But I want to see more. Yeah, I think everybody wants to see more, man. This was a team people had high hopes for in the offseason. They haven't come anywhere close to realizing it. No, that's fair. That's a good way of putting it as well. I would say that so far they haven't realized that. But it's it's look, you get to play Golden State tomorrow. Maybe it's one of those things because Dirk is going to be there watching and Steph is there that Luka will have one of those epic games that he's capable of having. And the Mavs pull out a big win on Dirk retirement jersey night and everything's great. That would be fantastic. Which, by the way, watching Billions, because we're on season five now, it's interesting how many cameos Mark Cuban makes in that TV show. Is that right? What yeah. He's out there doing Shark Tank. Yeah, he's he's in Billions a few times, but, I mean, he's a billionaire, and so the main character in Billions is a multi-billionaire. So it makes sense that he'd be friends with a guy like Mark Cuban. <laughs> <laughs> For sure. I guess. I mean, like, that's, yeah. that's part of what makes the show work. But it's wild, man. Like, he'll just pop up and he'll be like, hey, Axe, what's going on, man? Look, dude, I don't know about this investment. I don't really. And he starts talking financial crap. I'm like, I don't know what it means, but it's cool that he thought my cemetery idea was good. <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, you can take that one to your grave. <laughs> Literally, I could. Yes. All right. Before we move on, and we've got to talk a little college football here with you. We do have another sponsor to tell you about. And again, this is one of those things. It's kind of like Hector with Modern Woodman of America, you, or even like Robert Greening, where you may not think, oh, like, like Bill Tong, you're like, oh, I want to try that right now, or, or you need to go get an oil change. But some of our sponsors, it's where you need to keep them in mind. And life is going to throw some things at you. And I've talked about that before with my car accident, where I never really had a need for an attorney. And then I got in a car accident. I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad that we know Robert Greening and I know the number to call so that I can get help in this situation. Well, Aaron and his guys with HFX Foundation Solutions, it's very similar to that. You may have a home and have zero problems whatsoever, but I'm telling you, you may wake up and as we go through the winter and the summer and the extreme temperature changes, the foundation starts to shift and we're not that far away from the rainy season and spring coming back. And then you're going to start noticing, wait a second, I swear last year, that crack wasn't there or, or last year, I don't, I don't remember having soil washout like this. Those are the signs that your home may have a problem. And that's when you go, man, what am I? Wait a second. They talk about this on the podcast. And then you'll be like me. I'll be like, man, God, I'm glad that I knew what to do and that I'd heard kind of stuff about this before. Then you pick up the phone and you call 817-770-0174 because you already are prepared. You know how to handle the situation. You let Aaron and his guys come out for a free, no obligation inspection to see if you do have a problem. Dude. The inspection don't cost anything, man. That's what we're talking about. Go out there, let them see that everything's all good. Then you ain't got nothing to worry about, bro. Then it's all about popping bottles. And then if there is a problem, guess what? Odds are you found it before it's, uh, you know, stage four. 
and it'll cost you a fraction of the cost if you found it later. So give Aaron a call, let them do their thing, and have some peace of mind. That's exactly right. A-rated with the Better Business Bureau. He will get you taken care of. Call him today if you notice some of those things. The free, no-obligation inspection. If you do have a problem, they offer third-party financing. He'll get you taken care of, and he'll be there with you the entire step of the way. Local family-owned at HFX Foundation Solutions, 817 817- Seven seven zero zero one seven four online hfxfoundation.com. College football is wrapping up. There is, well, technically, as we record this, there is a bowl game on Tuesday night, LSU, K-State, who cares? There's one game left. Monday, January 10th, in Indianapolis, in the heart of Big Ten country, where the Big Ten plays for its title, the SEC will play each other for the natty but before we get into that may we just say one thing jackson smith and jigba (laughs) how in the hell any texas school let that kid leave the state after what he and i know why i know the whole story but rockwall high school zone jackson smith and jigba i know you watch the rose bowl what that dude did on Saturday afternoon in the Rose Bowl was, it, 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 I tweeted out, as like, it reminded me of watching him when he was in high school because he was uncoverable. And basically when he was at Rockwall, he could do anything he want and he'd be wide open. He did that in a college game in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, dude, he is what we call special. Yeah, you know, bro. I mean, but he did it. Uh, he did as a freshman, not to this degree, obviously, because right, yeah. they had Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, both of whom should be first or second round picks in the draft. But, uh, dude, if you looked at his last, I think somebody I saw a graphic, last six games of the year, he caught like 60 passes for mm-hmm. 800 yards and 10 touchdowns or something. He is, uh, as uh, Matt Stepp, uh, who, who does high school football for everybody in a DFW and across the state said he's doing to uh, Utah what he did to Allen that day where we saw him yeah. catch like five TD passes in the yep. first half. I was there. Now, the thing to me is he doesn't appear to be a blazer. He doesn't have great size. All he does is get open and catch the ball, and then you can't, you can't catch him before he gets to the end zone after he catches it. Yeah, he has crazy good hands. I mean, it's incredible, and his abilities – because you're right he's not like some physical freak he's right. not he he's, looks like a normal dude yeah he's not like a calvin johnson megatron 6'5 225 guy he just is his ability to get himself open and then catch the ball when it's thrown to him is elite i mean yeah. he's gonna be a first round nfl draft pick I think it's awesome because he went to my high school and I got to watch him play. I also like the fact that he was born in February 14th and my birthday is February 15th. He's a Valentine's Day baby, which is cool. He turns 20 coming up here in a little over a month. But, man, you look at those numbers that he put up in the Rose Bowl and you just don't see – I mean, Rose Bowl records for receptions, for yards, tied the Rose Bowl record for touchdowns. He had 15 catches – for whatever it was, the fifth most yardage in a college football game at the FBS level. Now he is uh, he is the elite of the elite. It helps when you got a quarterback like C.J. Stroud, um, you know, who you know had some ridiculous touchdown total this year. Yeah. And this was his first year starting. So those two guys next year are going to put up tremendous numbers. And if you watch the game, there's another dude 
Marvin Harrison Jr. Yep. Yeah. That guy. Oh my God. You might recognize he is that six name. five. <laughs> and uh I would submit to you that uh he won't do what Jackson does next year, but uh he'll do something close. And he too was a five star coming out of high school, so you know, dude, there's a reason why guys got stars behind their name. Yeah, and the fact that they're both coming back next year and C.J. Stroud will be back and better, Ohio State uh, will be a force to be reckoned with next season. And I'm just saying this. I mean, this ain't the Buckeye hour. We're talking about Marvin Harrison, and we're talking about um, Jackson Smith and Jigba. The two guys that we haven't said anything about is a guy named Emeka Egba, who I think was the number one receiver in the country coming out last year. He was a kick returner. And Julian Fleming, who two years ago was the number one high school receiver in the country. It was incredible, man. So, yeah. Incredible. Jackson Smith, 15 for 347 and three touchdowns in the Rose Bowl. How about this for his last three? Let's just do his last five games of the year. 15 for 240 and a touchdown. Nine for 139, a touchdown. 10 for 105 with the touchdown. 11 for 127. And then the 15 for 347 and three. Dude, that ain't bad. But I say that because I had to give him props because jacket fight never dies and we're we're jacket brothers. And you know what? We may we should try to get him on the podcast. I bet she could set that up for us. Who that? Jackson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I bet he'd be cool because he she says he's a good dude. So that might be a fun conversation once he gets. Uh, once we get, well, yeah, they are in the offseason. I forgot. Yeah, I was thinking, I was about to say once he gets to the offseason, I was like, wait a second, you moron. There's only one game left. Alabama, Georgia for the national championship. I know a lot of people are pissed about this, which I think is interesting because to me, these were the two best teams all season. And I don't know what your alternative is until you expand the playoff. But then the reality of it is, I mean, you look at this. Alabama did to Cincinnati what everybody thought they would do. Since, I mean, Cincinnati didn't I don't have a think they didn't have a prayer uh, in that game. I would disagree. I think they... Um, the talent gap and the size difference was too drastic. No, they had... Oh, I think they had chances. They didn't take advantage of them. And I think Alabama would have won. But I think they played... I think they played as worthy a game as anybody else Alabama would have played this year. Well, that's what I'm saying. Uh, I'm not saying that they didn't belong. I'm just saying that, you know, you you look at what Alabama did to Washington or Michigan State or Notre Dame in the the semifinals they played against those teams. They they had a chance to make it – they had a chance to really make it interesting, and they didn't do it. Like when Pierce drops – and I call it a drop because you had both hands on. It's a – a you know, the difficulty was a little bit, but um, in the first quarter when it could have been 7-7 instead of 7-3, And then they had that stuff at the end of the first half where they didn't score, and then Bama went down and really separated. Well, if they can score, but that's why Bama's Bama. But if they can score there, yeah, I think Alabama would have eventually won. But I think it could have been an even more of a taut game than it was, as opposed to the other game where Georgia – you know what somebody told me, man, and I believe this. This year, Michigan was a bad matchup for Ohio State. Mm-hmm. And that's why they kicked their ass because Ohio State's defense sucked all year, literally. It was a, it was a bad defense all year. And Georgia was, a, was like the worst possible matchup for Michigan because they couldn't handle their, their defensive line, which meant they were never going to be able to run the ball. Whereas Ohio State would have been a much better matchup against Georgia, even though they were a bad matchup against Michigan. Yeah, I, I mean, that makes sense. It's football's matchups sometimes. I mean, it, that's just the way that it is. 
But Georgia, man, they just – Michigan had nothing. They couldn't stop right. them, made yeah. too many mistakes offensively, and now we get the rematch from the SEC title game. And I think it'll be interesting to see because Georgia is very capable of winning the game. Alabama seems to have figured some things out very late in the season, and they've got by far the better quarterback. And, and usually, we always talk about this, if teams are pretty similar in talent, who's got the best quarterback? And Alabama, I mean, the quarterback matchup's not even close. And that's why it's, it's been difficult for me to go against Alabama in some of these games, like in the Georgia matchup previously, because it, Alabama's capable of stopping Georgia from running the ball. So then, if you have to ask Stetson Bennett to beat you, and I was looking at this today. Only twice this season did Stetson Bennett throw over 23 passes a game. And one of those was in the Michigan game when he threw 30. The other one was in the SEC title game against Alabama when he threw it 48 times. They don't want him throwing the football. Right, right, right. So if you force him to throw it, I don't know that you can beat Alabama, which vice versa, if you make Alabama one-dimensional, however you do it, they're very capable of beating you in that one dimension. Yeah, I think um, you know. I think whenever you play Alabama, it's a uh, it's a belief game, man. It's whether you not what you say publicly and all that stuff. It's whether you really in your heart believe yeah. that you can hang with them and beat them. Like Georgia talked all that shit, but based on the performance, for whatever reason, they didn't really believe that they could beat them. Now, even though they got their butts kicked in the first game, maybe they looked at it and go. Man, we gave them cats way too much respect. Look at this right here. Look at this right here. Look at this right here. And so if they believe they can beat them and then they go out and play well early, then you got a chance to beat them. But if you, I mean, if you don't believe you can beat them because it's Alabama and, you know, all the greatness that comes with Alabama, uh, which is what they do to most folks, they beat you before the game even starts. Yeah. And, you know, you wonder if they're in Georgia's head. They've, Kirby has not been able to get past Nick Saban. Georgia has not been able to get over the hump. And there's a lot of thought, especially in this region of the country in the Southeast. This is a really good Georgia team. It really is. I mean, they've got a handful of dudes on that defense who are going to be very highly drafted in the NFL. But if they can't do it this year, when's it going to happen? How are you going to get over that Bama hump? And the scary thing is, Alabama, I don't think, I think if you got Nick Saban alone and pumped him full of true serum, I think he'd tell you he's shocked that this team is where it is. Because this team lost so much talent last year and had a lot of youth coming in, filling big roles. I don't think they really expected that this would be a year that they would be winning a national title. They'll be better next year, which is wild to think because if they win it on Monday, that's back-to-back titles. And the team coming back next year, because Bryce Young's coming back and Will Anderson and a lot of these guys that were young this year that got a lot of experience are back they'll be favored to win the national title next year, and they should be even better, which is crazy. Not really. I mean, hell, they they have the best recruits every year. That's true. And they have the best coaching staff every year because Nick Saban's at the top of it. So, you know, when you got the best recruits and you got the best coach, you're going to be there every year. And, and they've got the, you know, and it's Nick Saban who's the difference maker, man. Because other, you know, Ohio State's got great players. Georgia's got great players, but they don't, you know, they don't make it every year. It's Nick Saban's a difference maker. He's the ultimate college coach. And uh, until he retires, man, this is what it's going to be like. Yeah. So 
We'll see. I think that the playoff expansion, that's a, a conversation. A lot of people think that it's just going to make it worse. I think at least it helps other people believe you've got a shot. I don't know that it changes anything. If you're still the best teams, there's a very good chance that you're going to win by two or three touchdowns over teams that aren't. Not everybody recruits at this level, but it may change some of the things where it allows, like in Ohio State, for instance, if they get into the playoff and they have a team like they did this year, which struggled early and was trying to find its identity, and probably in a normal year, they would have made, in a, a playoff expanded year, I should say, they make the playoff. And the version of Ohio State, even though they Michigan beat them, Ohio State would have itself in the conversation. So I think it changes the dynamic and, you know, you may see a little bit more parity, but it, it's it's hard if you're not one of those teams that consistently recruits inside the top 10 and really inside the top five. Right. It's very difficult to compete at a level with teams that do. No, I mean, it's, it's a numbers game. <laughs> if you're Alabama and you've got, you know, a roster comprised essentially of five and four-star players. Yeah. Ultimately, you're going to win most of the time because you got a talent advantage. And then you throw in the coaching advantage, and it's just incredibly hard to beat them, man. It is incredibly hard, and that's where we're at. So next Monday, we'll see how it goes. And then that's it for college football. And then we'll turn everybody's attentions will be full-fledged on the NFL playoffs. And we'll find out how that goes. It's weird because the Super Bowl got bumped back a week this year. So now this this year, Super Bowl Sunday is on February 13th. Oh, my. Sunday the 13th. Yeah, which I don't like that. I mean, mainly because, again, my birthday is on the 15th, so at some point in the near future, I'm going to get screwed on this. I can already tell. <laughs> at some Thank point, you, at some point, that Sunday is going to fall on my birthday. <laughs> I don't know when it's going to be, and maybe it won't, but let's see. Next year, what will it be? It'll be February 11th, so maybe it doesn't. Okay, so it's going backwards, so that's good news. All right, good. Okay, yeah, so in 2025... Wait, no, I'm behind. It's 2024. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But yeah, I think at some point it's going to land on my birthday and then people are going to be like, oh, it's Super Bowl time. I'm like, no, <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I don't know, man. But that is the podcast for this go around. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We will have another one that will drop for you on Friday. And we should have ESPN's Ed Werder and also the Fort Worth Star-Telegram's Clarence E. Hill Jr., joining us to preview the Cowboys regular season finale Saturday night. Make the note Saturday night against Philadelphia. And then we will know this weekend, what's the deal? Who are they hosting for that home playoff game that following week, which surely they don't put them Saturday night again for the wild card, right? Hey, Amen. They, they might. They might because that's a big draw. That'd be a big draw for them. So I don't know because that wild card weekend – yeah, that I didn't even think about that. You play on Saturday the 8th, and then you could potentially play on Saturday the 15th. Hmm. Cool All right, you. well, as long as they play on Sunday or Saturday the 29th and the 30th of January, that's all I care about. Because that means that's the <laughs> NFC Championship game. <laughs> yeah, good luck with all that, brother. All right, we'll talk to you guys later on in the week. Thanks for listening to the Jam Session Podcast. Make sure to find us on Instagram at Jam Session Cast. Of course, you can also find us on Twitter at McMatt Radio and at JJT underscore journalist. 
Our podcast is sponsored by Greening Law, a personal injury law firm in Dallas, Texas. Greening Law fights the legal battle so you'll have time for healing and renewal. Give them a call at 972-934-8900. Greening Law, Office, Dallas, Texas. Also brought to you by Hector Flores with Modern Woodman of America. Let him help you secure your family's future. You can give him a call at 940-453-3490. As always, thanks to Purple Elephant Music for the music you hear at the end and the beginning of each episode. He, of course, is the radio, TV, and now podcast star, the sexy Jean-Jacques Taylor. And me, I'm just a guy, Matt McLaren. We'll catch you next time right here on the Jam Session Podcast, available everywhere you listen to podcasts.